one of my big bugbears with businesses is that you have an email list, but you never, ever email them. And I am so thankful that our guest today, Ange, who I'm doing a live coaching session, has broken that habit and has started emailing her list on a regular basis and is already seeing responses from doing that and what the reward is from actually investing in time with our community, our email community. So in this live coaching session, I, Rachel Clava, your host of Confident Content, is going to work through with Ange how to help her work out how best to connect deeper level with her client base and how to build that trust and authority to remind them to rebook, to come back and to work with her and her team. So I would love for you to come along with us, be inspired on how to do more better emails for your debt base and remind yourself of why it is so important and how to give that added value that our people are looking for to open the emails. So before we jump in and do that, I do want to just talk to you a little bit about Ange. I've had the benefit of knowing her now for quite a while and have watched her grow her business through sheer grit, determination and purpose, which has been amazing. Ange owns top-notch osteopathy and physiotherapy massage. Is it, is it called osteopathy and physiotherapy? Or is it, yeah. Um, but you do massage therapeutic massage as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and she's a trained massage therapist and osteopath, but not, not physiotherapist. No. No, that's what I thought. Just that I double-check, I was making sure my facts were correct. I was a little bit worried when I was making the notes. And she works mainly with um, small, with people, all sorts of people in the Auckland area. She's got three clinics across New uh, through Auckland. Three. I'm just checking again. Two, two, two. Panel, yeah, the one and, in Panel and one in Massey. One in Massey, Panel Massey. and Massey. And just mm -hmm. gone through a few few iterations, like I have with my business. So there's been moments where there's been more than two, and and all sorts of things. So we'll you know, but we'll probably talk about that. But um, I'm really excited about working with her. It's a different challenge when you've got a team and you're not the only one that's just in direct contact. So there's some different ways and then we have to talk rather than being just Ange talking from herself, which is a really important thing. So we're going to cover that and we're going to go through and work together. So I'm really excited. Ange is one of my group coaching clients as part of the Content Master Web um, and she's so hardworking and really diligent. And so I'm really looking forward to working with her today because I know that whatever we do, she's going to take action on in her very busy, crazy, chaotic life of managing a business as well. Um, so welcome to the show, Ange. Thank you so much, Rachel. And um, I thank you for inviting me onto the podcast and stuff today. It's great. I'm really looking forward to this. Now, um, I this is going to be coming out live nor live later on, and this will be fixed by the time this happens. But like one of the things that's happening for you this week is there's been a bit of carnage at one of your um centers. It's nothing to do with you, but this is the sort of stuff that business owners have to deal with, right? We have to worry about marketing. We've got to worry about making sure we're looking after our staff, and you've been dealing with something else. Yes, we have. We um we've been dealing with access to our clinic in Parnell due to the sinkhole. Sinkhole. So, you know, thanks universe for adding a sink a sinkhole into the whole process of running a business. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a bit of a challenge. Yeah. yeah. And so obviously you've probably been having to work out ways to communicate with your database around, hey guys, just make sure you step around the sinkhole instead of walking through it to get to us. Absolutely. And I think what I've learned with working with you is that video is key. Um communication is absolutely key. And um I did a very raw video out to clientele who were tuning up today uh, and they were very appreciative of making that removing that barrier I guess of yes. where do they park where do they go and things like that so they were very appreciative of, of being able to be to just know that this is what's happening this is where they're going and this is how to arrive and, and find us because I actually had a similar thing happen to me last week I was running an event in Christchurch and I turned up in the poor event they were so beside themselves but they had contractors who had accidentally dug a big trench where the path is. They weren't even meant to be there. And so there was no access into the building the proper way. And we had to find a really weird way to go in. And I didn't have time. That was my biggest stress. I didn't have time to tell people what was happening. So people were coming in quite flustered and stressed out because the directions were different to the ones they could. It wasn't. All. And so I think this is where like video is so important because a visual explanation can really help people break through that pain barrier of hang on a minute maybe I should just go home like I would be that person if I saw that I would go feels too hard need to go home mm, yeah absolutely and and it was just yeah super, video is super helpful 
It is. And I, um, I'm going to just do a shout out. I already did it. I spoke at um, the osteopath conference um, this recently um, and she, um, asked me, so it's very nice. Um, but but one of the things that um, I said in there is I did a big rave up of you because one of my favorite videos you did was also a video removing objections where you talked about how to find you just generally in terms of where to look for you. And I think that people, business owners, we forget the obvious stuff to talk about. I think, and also like it, this type of video also, I think you'll probably know and can be talked to is that it improves your SEO as well. So if you're looking mm. for somebody, uh, a massage therapy in Parnell and you, you've got directions to that, that, that video could pop up if the SEO that you're putting on that YouTube video is correct. So it serves two purposes, one for a, a new client coming to us to find us and also anyone who is looking for massage therapy in the local area. And now this is a little bit of extra for experts and I might just remind me if you don't know how to do this and I'll show you in an upcoming session. But you can also in the settings if you haven't done it already on YouTube, put a whole lot of automatic filler of what's going to go on every video post. And so some of that's like keywords and, and emails to your website and a book now and all those sort of things. But at the bottom, you can also put your addresses of the different clinics. And again, yeah. that house of SEO. So it's just like little things like that can just really lift it up, which you're right. Like it just helps the people are searching. That's great. Yeah. And plus we can now embed that video into a website and then that brings it up even more. So, good. Um, so options are endless. <laughs> it's perfect. Okay. So um, do you want to just briefly just give us a bit of background about you and how you came to be the owner of Top Notch Osteopathy and Massage Therapy? Yeah. So I, I left the military, the RNZF, uh, 13 years ago probably now longer um looking for rehabilitation looking to kind of hone my skills in something that i could give to people and i came across uh during two years into my physio degree i found osteo and uh, we had already started the business that was massage based only mm -hmm. and it's just evolved into um it, it did go to four clinics but obviously um the big c had a had a bit to do with bringing it back down to two clinics so that's fine uh and just evolved into bringing massage and osteopathy together because it, it does really they really do work um, well as a complementary um, healthcare with that and, and so yeah Oste um, Top Notch ha offers a therapeutic remedial massage therapy so we have the highest qualified massage therapists in the country in our clinic uh, and we also have three other osteos who are masters trained as well so these people have dedicated their whole entire life and careers to learning this craft in order to help people in pain and discomfort. I wanted to ask you um, something too. When I went on your website, I, you did something that I really liked and it's controversial to some people and a no-brainer to others. But I did really like that you put your pronouns on your pages. And did you feel like that was an important way to show inclusiveness for you and also show a little bit of your values around just inclusiveness for people so they know and feel safe or can make a choice around also which gender that they might want to go to. Cause I mean, cause like for me, like with ADHD, we have, we don't have many inhibitions. So I, I don't really care about, you know, like with massage, I know that you're not looking, you're just looking at a body. You're not going, oh my gosh, she's got a weird wrinkle there. You know, like I don't, I'm not worried about that, but I do know that some people have real hangups around, am I going to have to strip off? And if I do what you're going to think, and they might have an issue also potentially with the gender was, was this part of that process for you of going, I want to be more inclusive and make people feel more comfortable? Yeah. So for us, what the strategy, well, it wasn't really a strategy behind that, but it, what, what uh, we have a lot of transgender rainbow community come to us anyway. Um, and putting the pronouns on was a recent um, addition and I, I treat a lot of transgender rainbow community people and, and they absolutely comment on that website and say that they love how, you know, did I actually go out of my way to make that website the way it was? And no, I didn't because I truly believe that everybody, no matter any background, your sexual orientation, anything, you should be able to come into a healthcare facility and feel welcomed and be heard and listened to, treated with respect, given the best treatment to help you with your, your concerns. Um, so it's by default in terms of our my value in terms of how healthcare should look. And it is also disseminated amongst the team. The team have the same um, outlook and approach. Mm -hmm. And that was how it was formed. Um, that's just a little icing on the cake because I do know that community, uh, it's very hard to find trustworthy 
clinics. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. that I, I I think because this is this is something I want you to bring into your emails is the more we can show your values as an organization and they're coming from the top, but I also know your team is like that because of the way that you lead them, that the more we can show some of these embedded values too, it's going to make people feel safe to come back or remind them to come back. And one of the things that I saw, and again, one of your videos that I commented to you and I said I really liked was when you were talking about how, I you know, I made that reference before, but I see my body as just a body. And I know you said, but I actually know I said that because you said in a video, we're not looking at what your body looks like in terms of, you know, whether there's anything wrong that you might see that there's all the imperfections. It's for us, it's the treating that we're caring about and looking at, and it doesn't matter what size you are. And I think that that kind of messaging and carrying that through on a regular basis in your emails also would be really good because I think that that's that sort of flip side where, if there's people that are on your list that maybe have signed up, especially on that lead generation, if you're doing that lead generation, that will probably be a really good place to put that too. Or even talking about how much, how many, you know, do you have, do you have, you know, are you going to ask us to strip completely off? You know, what if I don't want to, don't like to be touched? Those sort of things like, what do I have to be prepared for? Do you have whale music? It's one of my favorite questions. Yeah. Do you have <laughs> whale music playing? Um, like those sort of things. So people understand the experience. They can visualize themselves in that experience before they come in and I think that that would be a cool thing to do just in that lead generation which we're not talking about today but to continue to break down those things to remove that fear and anxiety which I think you're doing really really well mm, thank you um so okay so we wanted to talk today about emails that you can do for your database now with your database are you sending those emails out to the whole group or are they going out to the two different clinics separately uh at this time they are amalgamated together yeah. Um, purely due to the fact that uh, someone who is coming in for massage and they aren't getting results could look for osteopathy uh, yes. as a as an option as well. So are they, what about Massey and Panel? Are they going to the same, are they also going to the same people? Correct, yeah. Okay, do you have clients that go to both clinics? Uh, yes, we do, yes. Okay. So one of the things that I'd recommend you do at some point is to do, because you've not traditionally segmented people, and you might be able to pull that off. I don't know what you can pull off. Um, do you use Clinico? Yeah, so what we have is from Clinico, we have an API key that goes uh, through to AppyPy Connect, and they yes. put all new patients into our Excel spreadsheet. From there, we'll go into MailerLite, which right. is our email system, and we'll segment uh, people into Parnell, Massey, the therapist they saw, um, and any other things that we do. So we do segment the clientele. We just Excellent. don't do it in the emails, okay. if that makes sense. Well, I would encourage you to start maybe looking at some of those emails being going directly. It doesn't. So I have... I'll give you, um, on a Tuesday, I send an email out to everyone on my list, but I segment them into three areas. I have my uh, people I've worked with on marketing strategy and action plan in the past. Um, and we did that hours a long time. So I don't think you're in that. I don't know if you're in that list, but there's only like uh, since 20, or maybe we are since 2020. So I've got that list. And then I've got a group of my Facebook people and then what I call general population. So mine are quite um, spanner. And my goal is to get them more structured. But what I would quite like is, and I'm not too sure what MailerLite does and we'll check, but you may be able to do a conditional formatting on the actual email. Otherwise, I would just have it adjusted a little bit. So every now and again, there's an email that directly comments about Massey or Parnell, or there's an mm. email that directly comments about massage or osteopathy or physiotherapy or whatever. So, so if you can segment in those ones, so that every now and again, you can do the same email, but it's just that one thing has changed to make it feel more personalized. Mm. And it's just a little tweak, but it makes people feel like you're talking more to them. And it, so it yeah. also means that you've got them in the habit of, oh, that's okay, you know, I'm talking to that person. So I would do that a little bit. It's a bit foo-foo-y, it's a bit faffy, but it just brings it down to a slightly different dynamic plus the smaller your segment, the higher the send out rate is. So the minute we get over, um, you know, a thousand people in a segment, the more it's more likely for it not to go out to everybody. Like it's going to get stopped as it goes out. That's just the way it works. 
And if you've got a sweet spot of 200 to 500, most of those emails are going to get delivered to the inbox. So we make smaller segments. We actually increase our deliverability rate, which increases our open rate, which increases the next time the deliverability rate goes up again. So those kind of things can help do that. So that segmentation will help you do that. So that would be the first thing I would just do in terms of looking at it. I would also, so it's good that you've got the segmentation because we don't have to actually go back and ask people to segment themselves, which I think is really good. And it also means that you can start setting up some automations for things like if you have a particular um, therapist or osteopath who's not getting as many bookings, you can start creating a campaign just for those people. And you could potentially set up a campaign that you use that's kicked in, ready to go, that's general, that's like... Um, you know, like people that have not been to see such as have been to a particular therapist, you might have like a, would love to see you again or hear some things and maybe even incentives, some sort of incentive. And it only goes out to those people. So it's not going out to everybody. And that might be a really good way to kind of pull people in. You could also do it for people who haven't been there for the last 12 months or something. Now that you're getting that data going through, where you might go, hey, this person's a bit quiet or they're new. I'm going to do a special offer to these people who haven't been here for six months or 12 months, asking if they'd like to come and book with this particular person. And that also might be quite a good way to kind of get that generation going as well if you're not doing that at the moment. That would help. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it would. Because I do find difficulty with making sure that Parnell aren't bombarded with messy information because we are the bigger clinic at Methy yes. uh, and vice versa. You know, messy people probably don't really care what's, Obviously, we're going on at Parnell at the moment either, so it makes it yeah. more relevant. I would definitely mm. separate them out into two clear lists because I think that that's a really important part of that. Um, and it means that if someone is, so it means also if you find there's a lot of overlap, you could potentially go to fortnightly messaging and have one email for Massey one week, one email for Parnell the next, mm. and then you're not overloading yourself. And if someone's going to both, they're getting weekly emails, but they won't care because they go to both. Mm, yeah um, and you could also yeah. do that with massage and with osteopathy as well you could potentially do something where it's on a bit of a rotor and you can kind of even flow it depending on what area needs more growth at the time as well um so for example if mm. you find that your massage is dropping in bookings over a period of time for some reason or you've got a bigger capacity because you've just got a new staff member you could go i'm going to add to that fortnightly mix a, a, an email about massage for both or something like that so it's not overloading the group but and they're still getting might still get a weekly email but there's one that's about the clinic in general or just back pain in general which we're going to be focusing on and then the following week could be a call to action to book a massage appointment and then that would make it more manageable for you um, so I would say to you, even though I'm a big advocate of weekly emails, I would say for you, for your, because I know your schedule and I know how you're trying to manage everything, I think go weekly emails, but your the client's actually only getting fortnightly just for okay. your own management yeah. until you're up to play with it and go, actually, this is easy. I can do this. And then that makes it far more manageable for you. And it means that for Massey, if you've written an email about back pain, you could tweak that for the following week without many alterations for Parnell. And now you've got the same email going out twice, but it's going out to a different market. Mm. And more so, relevant. Yeah. And more relevant. Yeah. And mm. you can refer to the people at that clinic. So you could have like a little meet the team segment if you wanted to on each one every week, if you wanted to do that, um, or a testimonial from that clinic, if you wanted to do that, but the rest of the core content's the same. And a PS, the sinkhole's still here. Or PS, thank goodness, the yeah. sinkhole's been solved. You know, but Massey doesn't have to know about that. Because no. <laughs> I, I have learned a lot about the fact that people just do not read everything in the email. No, and that's the key. Is it's also um, since working with you, I had quite long, long emails, and just making them short and sweet. Um, read more relevant and people are just too busy and the inboxes are just too slammed so to make yeah. it short and sweet and be useful um has been also a big key yeah so some of the rules are not to link back to a blog um yes, which is what i was doing yes and it's such a common thing that people do and people are probably listening going what do you mean we should always do that 
but it was the old school idea of getting people back to our website. We actually, these people are already on our list. These people, majority of these people have been to see you already. So they're already a client. The only reason we want them to go back to the website is for a book now button. That's the only thing that we want them to do. So as soon as we link them away from our, our newsletter to the blog, they're not coming back to book. And that's the only thing we want them to do. So with your type of business, you can 100% have a book now button on every single email. Unless it's something like we're closing for two days because we have to because of the sinkhole or whatever, uh, which mm. for, for everyone they are still opening. This is going to be long gone, but you know, um, they're staying open through the sinkhole expedite, um, bizarre, <laughs> crazy things happening. So, but, but the book now can be on everything. I would definitely have it on there. And just be aware if you've got anything that could potentially distract them from booking, it has to be under the book now button. So if there's like, a, oh, we've got this cool event coming up, just giving a heads up or, um, you know, just letting you know an update on the sinkhole, that has to be after the book now button. Because the minute we take their eyes off the journey that we've taken to get to that book now button, we've lost them because people are so busy and so easily distracted. Um, so I'd make it a PS at the bottom for those that have got all the way down rather than having it there. Book now is really important. Make the book now. Do you have a color that you use for your book now button? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it is nice, a nice green color. I'm going to say green for some reason converts better than any other color for a book now. And it's good because your color is green anyway. Yes, your color green. Yeah, that lovely color that you've got because I can see a pipe of it there. Yeah, that lovely um, bright green. That's actually one of the best converting colors for a button, an action button. So you've chosen a great color. I don't have that color online, and I have to go. Oh, and it's going to chuck something ugly, ugly line. That's not an ugly, an ugly line green there. Just sometimes if I want to get the color up, but it is. It's actually, green. Funny enough, is a good high converting color. Be thankful we're not in the 90s when I started doing copywriting where we used to do these long copywriting pages and we had to highlight stuff with yellow on these websites to make people take action. It was so ugly. It was just these screens of text with these long highlighted bits and then these garish like bright orange and bright green lime green buttons. It was just a nightmare. It was like a disco party. Okay, so when we're thinking about um, how we're doing it, what we want to do is you said you wanted to focus on back pain. But what I think we could do is we could take that back pain and then put it together with something else that ties it together. And so I've got some ideas that we could do that with to kind of make a series. If you are going to do, what I would like you to do is we should have a structure where um, we have, um, I, I like to do a four-part structure. We can mess around with it a little bit. But I think you did mention around maybe having some exercises or stretches that people could have or do. What I yes, recommend for yeah. that one is that you have once a month, there might be a downloadable printable that they could have with an exercise they could do. And it might have a PS with the, here's the video of how to do that, but would put that un at the bottom of the book now. So I would definitely have that uh, once a month. So so that means it's that's easy for you. In fact, if you're doing fortnightly, it's probably going to be once every eight eight weeks, right? So it's a four-part sequel. Mm -hmm. So that makes it much more achievable for you because you could do those all in one lot. You could kind of think of what those are going to be and you could schedule those for every eight weeks and they would be just beautifully done. And if you've got something that happens like the sinkhole, you can always go in and add a PS at the bottom of the email, but they're all written. So I would do mm -hmm. that one. Then I would also do one that is a, now with, with Allied Health, one of our problems is we can't do named case studies. But Great. we can tell stories. As long as we're not talking, we can put a review. As long as it's not, we can either, you can either do a story or you can do a review. So you can, mm -hmm. from my understanding for you guys, with Allied Health, you can do a story where you're talking about the treatment that you did and the outcome, as long as you clarify that it was for that particular person. Is that correct? Yeah, so we just need to um, understand what the situation that happened with that person, and uh, and then more more about what type of treatment we do, so that yes. people can learn what an osteopath does. Yes, um, not so much the outcome, outcome. because it's, it's kind of difficult to we can't promise no um, results for those people, but we can kind of say you know out of doing treatment and say rehab, this helped a lot. Yes. So this is where you are, Allied Health is quite different to most other service-based businesses. So for example, I could say, 
Um, so I look at person and I, I use her in one of my things. I say, person after working with me, after six weeks of working with me, had a 30% increase in return customers through increasing her email marketing. And she's got like a statistic that proves that I can say that. And I by saying that, I'm not putting myself up for libel that then I'm promising that to every other person who reads it. Because of the fact that you're dealing with health, allied health has rules around and osteopathy is probably the strictest of all of these. To be fair, would that be right? It is because it's difficult with massage, it's unregulated. So we can yeah. pretty much within reason say whatever we want and reviews can say whatever we want. But when we come under allied health, yeah, it's very, very different. It's very different. And so there's some rules to do. So if you think when you're reading one of those, oh, they're being very vague about what the outcome is, that's a legal requirement in terms of just making sure that they do things. So it's very different. And I think that actually other businesses could learn from that because I, when I read that, I go, cool, that's her and it's not me. But I think some people do immediately assume that if there's a specific outcome, that's what I'm promising. And, and I can't promise that for everybody. So, you know. Mm. Um, so so I think you could do a um, case study, one of those every four as well, or a story, like a, a story. Um, or if you wanted to, you could do a review in there and talk a little bit about um, the way you treat. So that could be another one that you would do out of that four, that structure. Yeah. Because that case study is that great third-party referral of, oh, it happened with that person, I trust you, or removing an objection so oh cool you managed to do it with some home exercises in here or this person I think we we're talking about was in the conference I said you know I've got ADHD I'm not great at doing home exercise this person told us that they weren't great at doing home exercises so this is the this is how we worked with them so you could actually think about the different types of people that you work with um, and how best they deal with in terms of your target ideal market and then you might look at someone who is um, a sedentary job. So you could look at some of like, so Pineal might get a sedentary job one more than um, mass. I'm totally, I'm deeply apologizing to people in West Auckland. I can't believe I'm going to say that. But in Massa, you could have people that have, that have got a young children and have got that kind of thing and they've got a sore back or, um, or you could talk to people that have just been through late. So you could talk to the different stages and you could kind of have a case study through the year of those different ones. And it doesn't matter if one is a Massey and one is a Parnell, you can use the same story as long as it's talking to that ideal customer at that one. Um, so I would do that as one of the four. So that's two. And yeah. And I think also a lot of people don't know what an osteopath does. Um, a lot of people think we just deal with joints. So yes. allowing us to tell a story about how someone's treated and what techniques we use and how we would approach it is is lovely and educational for people who are looking outside for someone else. So here comes the third one that I thought you should do. <laughs> I thought you should do an FAQ type one where you just actually deal with a frequently asked question about osteopathy. Mm -hmm. And in there we can have some things, this is going to be slightly controversial, but we can do things around osteopathy versus chiropractic. Uh, you can do osteo versus massage. Um, osteopathy for athletes, so like why it can help with sports performance. Um, osteopathy in women's health, osteopathy in children. Um, by the way, I'll give you a recording for this end because I'm going super fast. Um, <laughs> um, so I'll send you a link of it. But those kind of things in there can also be there. But also some of those other things we said was like, you know, are you going to make big? You know, does osteo um, does osteopathy make include loud clunky noises? And because sometimes it does, but they don't. It doesn't have to. You know, and Correct. um, yeah. and 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 why you know why didn't my session include loud clanky noises would be another good question because mm. sometimes it's not appropriate. Uh, why do you make me? Uh, why do you spend the first session doing a lot of talking? Because you do often in that first session. Like I, I really liked that about osteopathy is you spend a lot of time diagnosing before you even touch us. Yeah, it's it's absolutely key. Otherwise, we're wasting time and wasting people's money because we'll be trying to treat something that we actually haven't pinned down. Yeah, and so you will. I would like to know things like, um, so maybe also one of the things we can talk about in here. Do you, when people book for the first time, do you have an automated welcome sequence for them? I do, um, but. I could add things into that, like a video of what to, I mean, I do put in a writing what to expect and things like that and, and what we would appreciate them to come in and dress mm. in and things. Yeah. 
So maybe doing like a, there could be a video, a video, um, a link. I think would be really good. Of here's what we might ask you to do, and make sure as you get one of your team, and you could tell them like, you know, I would like you to stand here, and this is what we're looking for, because I think that might reduce an anxiety for people when they come mm. in. Um, and you could do one filmed in mass to be painful, but you could do one filmed in Massey and one in Parnell just to kind of get people to get that visual picture of where they're going and what it looks like. And you could use those on your socials too, but I think it would be really, and on YouTube, but that would be a really good thing to just add a link to that. Because the other thing you can do with that is if you upload it into Giphy, you can create a short GIF of the first five seconds of it so it's animated and a GIF counts as a picture. And so if you add that to your email, it's a moving picture when people open it, open in the email, and then they click that and then that would go to the YouTube video. So what it means is you're not giving them a static thing or a link. It's giving them this lovely moving picture that makes it more engaging for them to click it. Perfect. Yeah, I think like that, I think what I'm loving is your dedication to build that trust because I think with Allied Health, all service space is so important, but with Allied Health, we are putting, we often have barriers. If someone's never been to an osteopath or they've been recommended one, but they don't really understand what they do, I think this sort of thing is going to really help build down, break down those barriers. Um, so yes, yeah, so I would do FAQs. I would do those um, the FAQs, the case studies or testimonial slash testimonial one, and then I would do that other one, which is the exercise of downloads. So that's got that's got three, and then I would and, oh you could put osteopathy for seniors in there, and also maybe osteopathy for mental health hmm. might be also really good in there because there's obviously um, I was listening to a really cool po um, podcast with um, Gabble. Um, Mate, Mate, yes, yes. Um, but he was talking a little bit about. I'll send you the link actually. But he was talking about the connection between the mind and the body, and I know that osteopathy has that section as well. So you could talk a little bit about that too, and how that alignment works, um, which I think would be really useful. So I'd have those three ones, and then that final one. I think we could talk about pain potentially. Would that be a good option? Absolutely, that's 100% what we would, 99% of what we would deal with as an osteopath. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I think we're still dealing with pain on those other ones, but we could all talk about specific pain management and maybe have things that are why, like talking about when it's acute that you have to come and see us, but also pain prevention mm. and pain management. And so maybe talking through some of that stuff and having some, including a few statistics or facts a little bit of fact-based stuff again some more reviews around just like um i came because i had pain and i found that i found really i found i was really listened to so like more those kind of like the, the sound not the outcome again but just having those things around feeling like it's a safe space is really important um and also maybe in that management of pain again talking about um how they can actually hear uh, how you're looking for the root cause of that pain, which may not be what they initially present with. Um, and I think that would be really useful. So that, that kind of framework of doing that means you could batch like three or four of that type of email at a time and, and you could quite quickly build out a really good structure for the year without having to do a lot. So if you structured it that way, that would be helpful. Does that help block it out for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's lots. Um, there's lots in those, just in those, you know, four or five things that you've provided to um, to move through with and, and yeah, yeah. Pain and because you've probably got in the list of tens, which is part of our content, you've probably got things that fall into that that you could use as ideas. And I, yeah, would, exactly. yeah, I would also say, I say to keep it short, but what I really more want you to do is have a single topic. So if you stay on the same topic, and you, like I sent out an email today and it was quite lengthy around, you know, when you should, how to know you're ready for a new platform, how to know you're not ready. When I looked at that, there was actually quite a long list of things, but it was bullet pointed. So if you're mm. wanting to do a longer email of detail, I don't want you to not do that because I think they're really good for building trust and value. And it's kind of giving that gift of, we're giving you information here now that's beneficial to you. So even if you're not going to make a booking, you're going to know that we're the right people. It's just when we move to paragraphs, we have a problem. And I know that you are a paragraph writer. Um, it's mm -hmm. part of what you do because you you actually are so knowledgeable and you know so much about your topic and you're a real expert in that space and you're really passionate about it. 
but it's the paragraphs and emails that are difficult. So if you do a short little bit, it's really important to really do what they call bro, 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 broetry, I think it's called, which they use like for LinkedIn where they go sentence space, sentence space, really having shortened sentences. I'm not having more than, you know, two or three short sentences in a paragraph, giving nice spacing and using a bullet point list that people can easily scan when they're busy is really good. Uh, we mentioned gifts before. Definitely use gifts that you either have created yourself to break up that text as well, or to use gifts from Giphy as well to bring in a, a bit of fun. If they've got a and this is where there might be a difference. If they've got mainly corporate addresses, so if in par now if they've got mainly business addresses, some of those servers do block gifts. A few of them do, so just be wary of that. Um, but if if they if that's not a problem, definitely using gifts can actually really help just increase that interest. Otherwise, using photos as well to break up that text and always having a photo in there just to break it up would be really helpful. Yeah. So you can still put a lot of detail. Like I feel like if you were doing something around, let's take women's health and you talk just about perimenopause. I mean, there's so much there's so much stuff in here that you could do in perimenopause, perimenopause in the relationship to back pain, for example, and talking about maybe the pelvis is out of alignment or something like that, whatever you say. I am not going to get myself into my levels of lack of knowledge around what you're going to say. Um, but if you did that, you could have like, um, you could either do the four key stages where women may need to see an osteopath. And it could be prior to birth, after birth, perimenopause, menopause, or significant weight loss, weight gain, and or maybe um, taking up a new sport. So like you could have like a range of different things there. Um, you could do that. And then, or you could say, today we just want to talk to, um, if you are, today this emails for people that are perimenopausal or know a peri, peri, uh, close to perimenopausal woman. So if that's not you, check out our next email, otherwise read on. So don't be afraid of targeting a particular sector in that session, because I think that that's okay. Just tell them what it is. They can quickly choose not to open it and then open the next one. It's not going to stop them from opening it because you've got those lovely emails going through in that sequence. Um, but I think that that would be really helpful. The other thing that you could do at some point is uh, because you have a, a trans community and also a in um, a rainbow community, and you're obviously working with women and men, there is an opportunity for you to segment deeper as you go forward. And that might be a thing where at some point you say, we would like to send some information particularly out to different sections. These are the ones we've got. If you would like this, tick, and then you could actually, basically, they, it's another form. They put their email address in, and actually on MailerLite, you should be able to auto-populate with the email address when they click through. There's a thing you can do to do that, and then it can just be like a little drop out, jump button of, these are the things I would like to have conversations about, and then you can create like additional emails as you've got used to this, talking directly to those points. Hmm. And that gives you scope because I think if you've got quite centered communities around particular areas, that helps. And it also means if you've got a specialist in your group, like as you guys will develop in terms of your skills as osteopaths and massage therapists, I imagine that you've got some that have a real passion for sports rehab and some that really love working with children and others. So you could then actually kind of start putting really good information out for those people. That doesn't have to be as regular. Um, you could create that so it's like six times a year, but it's just on top of their other content that they're already getting. So they're still getting regular emails, but they're also getting this other stuff. And it means you might go, wow, we've got 250 people that are interested in fertility health and relationship with osteopathy. We could run a webinar for those people. So it's actually giving you information that of people that are interested in something that you could then create some extra opportunity for an event or something like that as well. Yeah, but not do that yet. I'm overloading you. No. Yes, <laughs> but this, is this, is, this is definitely something that we can get real specific on. And, and yeah, and I want you to get excited about starting to break down that side and then go put that structure in. Because once it, because you, you and I both, once we've got a structure and we can work in it, it makes it really easy for us. The other little tip I've got for you, do you use Google or Word? Microsoft Word. Uh, Google. 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 Yeah, Google. So the other the thing Google I really Drive. recommend yeah. is write your emails in a Google Drive doc. 
So write them in a Google Drive doc right. and put them in and date when they're going to go out so you've got them. But it means you can repeat those next year, like the following year, if they're good emails. And so you've got them in there, but it also means that you can do the chat GPT thing of taking the email and say, chat GPT, I've written this email about such and such. Can you please create a social media post about that as well using my words and phrases? And now you've got a social media post that you could use a couple of weeks after it, which would save you time. So, but put them in the doc. If we write them directly Fine. into the into the thing, it won't work so well. And do you do it so that you keep all emails in one Google Doc, yes. or do you do it where it's on top by topic? Or you could probably I, do that by topic anyway. With you could do it by topic. I would prefer you to do it by topic because then you can go week one, week five, week oh, so week one, week five. So you could do it kind of that way. And you could even like work out your dates. So I personally, the way I would do it because I'm date orientated and I would forget the date and it would stress me out is I've worked out. So if I start on January the 1st and that's the first date that I'll be doing it, I'd then count four weeks, work out the next date and I'd write all those dates down. And then I would basically call my, I would, so the way I do it in, in Google Docs is if you add a H, H2, H1, H2 or H3 heading, it actually puts a little um, index at the side of the doc. So what I do is I will put the date and then I, and if I've got a series, so if I've got a series that's like, um, like back, like test client stories, for example, I would call the doc client stories and make the title. And then I'd have the different dates underneath it. And then when I'm writing it, cause I've got the date there, I can then go through and just press that date and it will pull up with that one. So I'm not scrolling through all the different docs. And then when you're ready to outsource, you can actually give that content to an admin person who can then put it into the into the email for you. And what I do with my team is they just highlight it red when it's been published. So I can go through that doc quite quickly and go, oh gosh, I've only got one email left. So for me, it makes it much easier for me to track what's been published and what hasn't been published. And then I can also go back. So I've been doing this with my social media posts this year as well as my emails. And I now have all this amazing content that I've written to my favorite people, which is my email list. And I then can use that content again next year. I'm going to go through it in a couple of weeks and I'm going to print it out because I'm a paper person, sorry, the environment. And I'm going to go through and find topics that I really liked talking about. And I'm going to repeat some of that stuff next year. No one's going to remember. Mm. And if they do, they're just going to like it. They're not going to go back and go, hang on a minute, I think I've read this where was that email back there in March of 2023? No one's going to do that. So choose some stuff no. that you can do that with that you can repeat. Yeah. And it's a good rehash, you know, to hear it again. You know, first time you made it, gone, oh, yes. And then second time, oh, now I got some points, you know, out of that. So yeah. or maybe, oh, it's relevant to me now. Yes, exactly. Because sometimes it's not relevant. And you can also do things where, you know, once, you know, once a year, you can kind of go back and go and check your open rates and go, wow, that one actually had a lot more open rates and use that subject line or test things out. So I put in that email doc, I put the date, I put the subject line. So I write the subject line in that too, because otherwise it gets forgotten. And then I put the dear name and then I start, I write the, write the email. And then if I want to customize it, I will put in I will make, I'll change the color for customization parts and go, so you'd say for Massey, I will say blah, blah, blah. For Parnell, I'll say blah, nice. blah, but I put that like in blue. So it's obvious that that's different. And that means either for me, I remember I put all my links that are required, like a book now link, I'll put it in there as well. So it's all ready yeah. to go. And so it means if mm -hmm. I'm doing it, it's all ready to go. If someone else is doing it, it's a fail safe for them as well. Because I think for you, the more we can give you something that sets up that makes it easier, not just for you, but when you're ready to give some of the stuff to an admin person, that they're doing it, it's going to give you more time and more mm. liberation. And I'm doing it. I'm building it now. So it's going to make, and if, like my future self is going to love me because yes. I've already got that content and yes. I've built it up. Yes. So I had hit like a really busy um, couple of months in the last couple of months for other stuff because we're putting a house on the market. There's all this other stuff going on. I went back to 2021, read where my content was in terms of posts, and I literally just changed the image, but the posts are the same. And people are loving those posts just as much this year as they did in 2021. But it's because it was in a doc. If I had to go back and look at my Instagram or Facebook, 
that's an impossible experience. So because I had it in a doc and it was separate, it was so easy to go through. I copied and pasted it into a new doc and just amended a couple of things that had to be different. Like one referred to three dogs, we've now only got two, you know, little things like that, but just changed a little bit of it, but it just made it so much easier for me to feel like I could cope. And it was instant content. So much easier. Um, so I think starting with the emails is great. If you're starting with the emails and what I want you to do, so say if you're focusing on back pain and to do with women's health, for example, or back pain to do with, um, you know, sitting down too much or whatever the thing is you're doing, I want you to specifically talk to someone that you, because I know you're not always on the tools anymore, but I want you to think about a customer that you've had in the past, a client in the past, and talk specifically to that person, something that you really felt they needed to know or their actions. And the more you can imagine that person, the more you're going to write with really good feeling about it, the less you're going to talk in a technical way. Because I know that when you talk to a client, you know not to talk with technical jargon. But when you're mm -hmm. in your knowledge space, it's very easy to talk in technical jargon. So imagine them in front of you. And basically I say, it sounds weird, but I would say, write it like a love letter. Your love letter to your client in a in a non inappropriate way, people. Um, but like, why not love letter? Of, yeah, this is my gift. Yeah, like not in a way that's going to get you sued. Uh, <laughs> your eyes were so beautiful that day when you came to that's see me. Um, but more like a just like a love letter of this is my professional self giving you this love to help you on your healing journey with me. And share it that way. It will bring a warmth to the email. It will make it feel personal. And the more you do that, the more you're going to have people saying things like, are you talking to me? Was that for me? I feel that was for me. Or I booked this because you, I felt like you really understood me today. Because when we talk to one person at a time, instead of thinking about all the people, everyone feels that you're talking to them. And that's the magic. And I think that I think with that yeah. type of stuff, Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I had, I have actually changed an email that um, went like that. And because I did, some people did reply back and say, wow, that you did talk to me. But other people, not necessarily talking to them, but they've seen how I talk to other people, have yes. also booked off that too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think I told you guys in the group that I did an email about the power of community. And I, I obviously with the coaching program, I want people to be part of it. And I think you have seen too, just recently there's been a shift in our coaching group of the community feel like it's just amazing. So I was kind of writing about that. I got two sales from that email and it wasn't even about come join my coaching program. It was mm. just about how I had experienced this. And that spoke to two people so strongly. They went, I'm in. And I think that that is the magic is when we're just sharing from our heart a warmth of something that benefits people will pull in from it that aren't always the target market but they do they see oh gosh you are speaking in a way that my that shows the values of your business and i want to be treated by a business that talks to people that way um mm -hmm. and so i would like things like those stories can be things like um today i want to tell you about um one of our clients janet janet was very dubious about coming to an osteopath because she doesn't like being touched. And she was really worried that we would make her feel unsafe. This is what we did to help Janet. That's the sort of thing I think would be really helpful because that's actually not about healing outcomes, which you can't do, but it's taking away those little objections. Another one might be, um, one of the things we get told lots of the time is they're worried about that osteos might be a bit spoony or whatever you're going to say about it. Truth is, some of us are, but here's how we're also grounded in science. I mean, you are, some of them are. You know, I had a great conversation with a couple yeah. of osteopaths on the plane home for the conference, and we were talking about it, you know, like talking about like the levels and the differences and stuff. But I feel like that, like you can own that stuff, but also talk about the science behind what you do. Um, or you, you know, so I think, the, and then and you could explain to someone like, you know, like, so even though we're going to ask you things like, how your headspace is this is why we're asking and this is why we believe it but this is also what we look at so I mm. feel like those stories are going to really help break down those barriers and make people really hungry to book with you again yeah. so what's your first plan of action from today so my plan of action is actually to create that doc 
and yes. collate everything that I have done so far into that yes. book. Good idea because that's going to save time. Uh, and also to to plan that out um, because if I can get the basis of that, that's going to be more structure for me just to simply follow and pop into the mailer light system that we use. And I would really encourage you to try and batch three or four of a type at a time, even if you're running but behind and not doing all of them. The more you do that and the more you work ahead, in a few months, you'll just, it'll be easier because you won't be having to run and go, oh gosh, I need to get that email out. I think I might have lost you, Ange. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, got, I got you, yeah. Sorry. I don't yeah. know if you missed that, but I said, um, I think it would be a really good idea for you to batch that content under those types as well. So instead of going, I need to do one of this uh-huh, kind of one of these kind, do like three or four at a time. Even if you're kind of running to the next week and going, oh, I've got to do that one now. The more you work ahead and do three or four at a time, the easier this mm-hmm. becomes because you're starting to actually work through and it means you'll hit like a month where you're going, oh, I don't have to do any of that type for a month because they're already there. Mm. And that would really help. Yeah, absolutely. And and just that documentation will give me the ability to customize and and then even put a link to social media posts and things like that yes. after the fact and just keep yeah. it just all synced together. Yes. Mm. Yeah, it just make it much easier to kind of create that content from it. And you could even have a process where once you've done the four, your reward is you go and put them into ChatGPT to use your mm-hmm. own words and phrases to make the social media posts, which go into another doc. And now you're doing two things at the same time. And you know that this one's going out on July the 15th. So you're going to time this one to go out a week or two later on July the 22nd. And you can put that date in. So you're now creating this content that reflects your emails and you've got this beautiful plan. Mm. Perfect. Oh, this is very exciting. Well, I think you did great, and I'm excited to see what you did with it. If people want to book with Top Notch, where do they go? Uh, they can go to our website, which is www.topnotchbodyworks.co.nz, uh, or they can call us um, directly on 09 uh, 2128753. I'm impressed because I can never remember our phone number and I'm always like, crap, what's our phone number? Um, I um, That's for Parnell and Massey. You can come from all over the place to go and see them. They're fantastic. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. I hope it's been helpful. I look forward to seeing and hearing Absolutely. reports back and hearing about yeah, the extra bookings. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel. Yay, thank you so much. Thank Yay. you for that. <laughs>